Hello and welcome to Beecher Island. My name is Corey Clark. I used to be the full-time pastor. I think I'm back at it. <laughs> Many of you said, hey, who are you? So I thought I'd introduce myself. Um, you know what? It's good to be here. And, and welcome to Beecher Island. Truly, it is good. It is a good day. It's actually a great day. Uh, it's a great day because we are here gathered together worshiping our Lord and Savior. It's a great day because we are here rejoicing in song. It's a great day because we're here fellowshipping with one another. And it is good. It is good. It's a great day because I get to see all you. So it's a great day. Uh, I sure have enjoyed my time off. I'll be honest with you. It, it, was, it was good. And, uh, and I, I, I got to tell you though, I, I missed you. I truly missed you guys, and, and uh, um, I know that while I was gone, everything was taken care of. Uh, uh, Tucker and Jeff did a great job. I know Josh got to share his testimony on a Sunday morning. It was good. <sighs> what a blessing it's been that Tucker's filled in and uh, brought God's Word every Sunday morning. What a great job he, he did. I listened every every week uh, to what was brought to you and what a, what a blessing, what a blessing. And um, i got to say though, thank you for letting me take time with my family. Thank you for allowing that. And I, I know sometimes it may get long, uh, but, but thank you. And, and uh, we sure have enjoyed um, that time to not only be with my girls, but a time for me to be a taker, a time for me to sit with my wife in the Cowboy Church service at the, in the grandstands of the arena and just just be a taker. And it's been awesome. And so thank you for that. Um, but you know what? I, I am overjoyed to call Beecher Island my home church. I'm overjoyed that, that, that that's what I say. And I get to bragging on Beecher Island, and, I, and I, maybe we shouldn't brag, but I get to bragging on Beecher Island every opportunity that I get that we are an independent, non-denominational, non Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. Because you know what? I don't know if you've got to visit other churches, but they're not all Bible-preaching. They're not all Bible-preaching, and I'm glad that this one is. I'm glad that that's what we focus on. We don't focus on religion, legalisms, all man-made stuff. We focus on God's Word. And I love that about Beecher Island. And so if you're here, uh, so thank you for being here this morning. If you're listening online, thanks for listening online. It is good uh, to join together in, in diving into God's Word. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I don't know if you remember where we were at, but we are in the book of John. Been there a year and a half. We're going to be there for another half. Maybe more. But John chapter 16 is where we're at. And if you have your Bible up, uh, open it up, John chapter 16. And I always say it, I've said it since the beginning of, of jumping into the book of John, that there is a verse that John put in his gospel. And I think it's a very important verse that we need to, to keep in mind every time we read John's Word. And that's John chapter 20, verse 31. And John wrote, But these things are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, believing, there's not, all, there, there's not more added to it. 
which is that believing, you will have life in his name. And he wrote John to prove that. And that's how we need to make sure that we're reading John as we work our way through it. Before we read, though, let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you that uh, we just get to come together, gather up, and dig into your word. Sing praises to you. It's not We're not singing for us, God. I, I know that there are some amazing singers in this church, Lord, but... But it's not to hear ourselves. It's to lift you on high, God. And thank you that you give us that. Thank you that you give us singing voices to, to sing to you. Lord, I pray right now that our hearts and our minds are ready to hear your word. To be moved by your word. God, I, I thank you that that's how you make us. And I just pray that we dig in now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to say, too, before we read John chapter 16, we're going to read like the first 15 verses. I want you to hear the words that Jesus speaks. I want you to hear His words literally as to what He's saying. He, he lays out His deity in detail to His disciples right here for the last time. And I think there's a lot that we can take from this because in His speaking to the disciples, <clears throat> He's speaking to us. And we need to listen. And so I encourage you to, to read along. Take to heart uh, what Jesus says in chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 1 and work our way to about 15, I think. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in Him. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all things. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are Mine. Therefore I said that He will take of Mine and declare it to you. Amen, amen. You know, sometimes we're just not ready to hear things. 
Sometimes we're, we're not ready for the complete truth. We want truth, but maybe not all of it. We can consume parts of it or, or bits of it. And when it's all poured out to us, we may, our eyes glaze over and, and we maybe not even comprehend a single thing. You know, uh, have you ever had just somebody spew out their whole life story and you walk away scratching your head and say, what just happened? What, 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 what did I just hear? Right, right, sometimes, sometimes it's just too much for a person to handle. Maybe it looks a little different. Maybe, maybe it looks a little different. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's that you can't handle all the truth of what lies ahead. Because if we were told the complete truth of what lies ahead, we might go in the opposite direction. We might turn around and change direction, right? Francis, be on the rodeo trail. Uh, I, I get to help a couple rough stock riders, and I really enjoy it uh, when my girls are not competing. Um, but one individual who I help out drew a particular horse that he had probably less chances than the 80. He had less chances than the 84 to 1 racehorse, right? Rich Strife, the one the Kentucky Derby. A little bit different, but in that, uh, he, he, he drew a horse that he, he really had no chance of riding. But I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him, dude, he might as well not even get on. Because you're probably going to end up standing right beside the chute when that horse jumps out there. No, I told him. I told him everything he needed to hear to try to be as successful as he can. Who knows? Maybe he'd have been like the racehorse. Maybe he would have rode the horse. I told him everything he needed to hear to try to be successful, and I tried to lay it out to him and, and encourage him and, and telling him truth. I didn't lie to him. I told him truth of everything he needed to do to be successful. Yeah. He wasn't as successful as Rich Strike, I'll just say that. He, he may have found dirt. A little, a little, just maybe one or two jumps in, but that's okay, right? He couldn't handle the truth. If I'd have told him he was going to buck off, there's just no chance at all. He probably wouldn't even have gone home. You know, it's the same with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus said, I, I haven't told you this because I've, I've been with you. And now he lays out some truth. And he even tells them later on, I, I didn't give it all to you. Because you can't handle it. But he said this, he said, these things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogues, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering a service to God. Think about those words. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Jesus just flat out tells them what's to come. But listen, this was after three years of teaching. This is after three years of the disciples walking with Him. Three years of them getting to experience 
the perfect example. Then Jesus tells him. Then Jesus lays out what he has to say to him. And he says, though, these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. He was there protecting them. He, he wanted to protect their minds, their hearts, their bodies, everything. And he was there and he's saying, hey, I didn't tell you this, but now I'm going away. So I need to tell you. I need to let you know some things. He was not going to share information with them that they couldn't handle. But now they were ready. The hour has come for Jesus to be glorified. And so he's got to share some more information with him. Jesus tells him, hey, you're going to face some struggles. You're going to face some struggles. You're even going to face death. You're even going to die. And they're going to do it because they think they're doing a service to God. And they're going to do it in God's name. We're going to face struggles. We're going to face trials. We're going to, we're going to face things that, that make us just shake our head and say, why? But church, listen to me. Anyone that tells you that, that all you have to do is come to Jesus and life will get easier. Anybody that tells you, you know what, just come to Jesus and, and your life will be nothing but blessings. If you have faith. Anybody that tells you that, hey, live the greatest life now, hasn't read God's Word. They haven't read God's Word and they don't understand because Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. Jesus wants you to know that the world hates you. The world hates you if you love Him. Period. He lays it out. The world will hate you if you love Him. He, he wants you to know that if you live for Him, the evil one, the evil one will come after you. And He's telling you this so that when it happens, we won't stumble. We won't stumble. We know it's coming in front of us. James 1-2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. You're going to encounter them. They're coming. We know that, right? Right? We face them every day. Some big, some, some really big, some small, right? But it says knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But how? How, how, do, we, how do we find joy in knowing that, that we as followers are going to have trials? How do, how do we as followers of Jesus Christ face these trials and, and be okay with it? I mean, seriously, why would anybody sign up to be berated, to be berated, to be pounced on by the evil? Because we confess Jesus is Lord. Why? Why would you do that? I mean, if you know that... It's not a very good example, but I just thought, if you know you're going to get bucked off the horse, why would you get on it? But Cowboys do it all the time, right? The chances are you might get in a car accident, but you still climb your car. But why would we sign up for Jesus? Why, why would we jump into this? I'm going to jump down just a couple of verses, though. Verse 7 in chapter 16. But I tell you the truth. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, 
If I go, I will send him to you. First, first, I want, I want you to hear what Jesus is saying. I want you to hear what he's saying. He has to leave. He has to go. If he doesn't go, if he doesn't leave, if he doesn't go to the Father, the Holy Spirit cannot come. He was there walking in the presence of man. And he's saying, hey, I have to go so the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in you. Can be in you. Not just beside you, but in you. The helper can't come if I stay. Every detail was orchestrated by God. Every detail was orchestrated by Him. And He was not going to leave us orphans. He wasn't going to leave His disciples orphans. He's not going to leave us orphans. Right? He was not going to make a person that calls on His name to be left alone. To handle anything on your own. To handle any trial, any, any struggle on your own. John 14. If you'll jump over there with me. John 14. John 14, 16 says this. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may be with you forever. The King James translates it as comforter, not helper. The Greek word I was going to say, but Christy said, you don't know how to say that because I put an accent to it and I don't want to offend anybody with my accent. So I'm just not going to say it, okay? But this the Greek word is translated as intercessor, counselor, advocate, comforter, helper. And I'll just tell you right now, I wanted to dig into this, but God took me somewhere else. I wanted to dig in to this Greek word in this sermon but I'm going somewhere else. So maybe I'll get to come back to this, okay? And I, and I hope that I do. But I, Because I want to read more in chapter 14 and I think I missed something when we went through it. But chapter 16 ties it all together. And so, so back to verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 16. And, and we're going to read through this a little bit. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him, because He abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Listen to what Jesus just said. He says, He will come to us. He will come to you. Jesus will come to us. Verse 19, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Again, Jesus says that He will be in us. He will be in you, make it personal. He will be in you. But also that He is in the Father, and the Father is in you. Verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and disclose myself to him. <laughs> Jesus will disclose himself to you. Take that to heart. 
Listen to the words that Jesus is speaking. That's Him telling you that, that He will disclose Himself to you. We're going to skip down a couple of verses. Verse 23. We're going to stay just reading what Jesus is saying. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. And we, he says, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Did you hear? He said, we. We will come and make our home with you. Verse 24, He who does not love me does not keep my word, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, while walking with you, while journeying with you. That's what he's saying right here. But the Helper, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And now it's singular. Now it's singular, but, but sent by the Father in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to throw a little more at you. Listen to these verses. Matthew 1.18. Matthew 1.18 says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. One more. Matthew 1.20. It says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What well, think about. I'm just going to throw this out. In some translations, it says Holy Spirit. Some say Holy Ghost. There are some who want to say that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are two different people, things. No, it's not. They're the same. It's the same word that is used for both. Don't let. There's a religion out there that believes that they are separate. They're not. The Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same thing. Okay, well, we're just going to say that. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Back to John 16, verse 7. Verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, who is the helper? Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, the Father. Every one of them was just stated in chapter 14. All of them were just stated as to who is going to come and abide in you. Who is going to come and make our home with you? Every one of them. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. All one, right? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father. So who's going to come live with you? Yes, yes, and yes. Amen, amen, amen. Okay? It's the Godhead that comes and lives in you. It's the God, and not just the Holy Spirit. It's God that lives in you. Through the Holy Spirit. Right? It's the Godhead. And you know what? If you're saying, man, 
That's a little confusing. It's okay. Because you know what? There are new believers that say, I don't, I don't understand the Godhead. There are mature believers that say, I don't understand the Godhead. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I want you to hear that it is God who makes His home in you. It is God who makes His home in you. And in Him comes the love of the Father. The understanding and peace of the Son. And the Comforter, the Helper, the Advocate of the Holy Spirit. You see, you don't just get a little piece of God. You don't just get a, a little, little speck of God because there's so many that he, He's got to spread Himself. No. No, you get all of God abiding in you, living in you, all of God. As soon as you confess Jesus is Lord, it happens just like that. At that moment, when you open your heart to Jesus, God comes into you. To make His home with you. To live with you. Chapter 16, verse 8. And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in Me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority because he speaks of God. That's what it's saying. But whoever he hear, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father is are mine. Therefore I said, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Praise Jesus that we as believers have the Spirit of Truth in us. Praise Jesus that we have Him in us. I asked you earlier, why would anybody sign up for this? Why would anybody sign up to confess Jesus Christ as Lord if we know that we're going to have trials? We're going to be berated by the evil one. We're, we're, we're going to be knocked down, beat up, killed, persecuted. Why? Some may say for eternal life. Some may say uh, because of, of the rewards, the blessings. Some may say because of the scare of hell. Some might say because of the help, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. I say yes. All the above. All the above. You see, in this life, we will face many trials. Trials of many kinds. We will face them. You know what? You'll face them whether you walk with Christ or not. You will face trials. You will face struggles. But I love the fact that I have the Godhead living in me to walk through that, to journey through that, to journey through the struggles, the difficult times. Because He's making His home with them. 
literally making his home with me. Giving me a peace and a joy through these struggles. A peace and a joy that I can't understand. Because it's a peace and a joy where there should be no peace and joy sometimes in those struggles. You see, I've always read God's Word. And I've always read that, you know what, when I come to Christ, I'll be a new creation. I'll be a new man. And in that, I'll have the Holy Spirit living in me. But I, but I always question, as I was walking through life in my, my later teens and maybe early 20s, and probably for, for more of the time than that, I would get to question. Man, I, I don't feel like a new man. I don't, I don't feel like a new creation. I don't feel like I have the Holy Spirit living in me until one day something happened in my life that I probably, if I would have done what I wanted to do, I would have went to prison. I wanted to seek vengeance with everything I had. But I didn't. I didn't. I got to see the, the helper living in me and change me. Change me to be the person that didn't want to seek vengeance. I could feel the comforter in me, comforting me in my hurt. I, I could feel the Godhead in me giving me everything that I needed to know to understand that you know what? It's my vengeance, not yours. I could see that I was a changed man. I could see that it wasn't the old man that wanted to go live with the flesh. The one to take care of things that needed to be taken care of, but really God will handle them. God will take care of them. I could see that God was living in me. And I thank God that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That I walk as a new man in Him every day. And I pray that you see that too. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, I pray that you see that you are a new person. You're a new creation. That you have the Godhead living in you. The Holy Spirit in you, guiding you, leading you, giving you joy and peace. Comforting you when you need comfort. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. Church, I'm going to be brutally honest with you right now. I'm going to ask you a question that I want you to answer for yourself. And I want you to answer it truthfully for yourself. Nobody else can answer this question for you. It is yours and yours alone to answer. And, and my question is, is, have you plainly and openly confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? Have you, have you said that out loud? Not just that you have thoughts about it. Not just that 
you're religious or spiritual. Okay? Not just that you believe in God. Okay? Because it's not just believing in God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not that, oh, Grandma took me to church. My parents took me to church until I was about, you know, 16, but I haven't been in it. That doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Jesus says you have to believe in me. You have to confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead and you will be saved. Listen, it's not a laundry list of things that you need to do. It's not a laundry list of things that you need to do to have God living in you. You see, in Acts chapter 10, there were many gathered around listening to Peter. Most of them Gentiles. But they were all sinners just like you and me. All sinners. And, and, and Paul is telling them all about the Christ, the Son of God. And in verse 39 of chapter 10 of Acts, it says this, We are witnesses of all the things that He did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put Him to death by hanging Him on a cross. God raised Him up on the third day and granted that He become visible, not to all people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is, to us who ate drank with Him after He arose from the dead. And He ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the One who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and of the dead. Of Him all the prophets bear witness that through His name, through His name, everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sin. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. Listen to that. All the, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter who were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Listen to me. Jesus says, believe. John writes, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, believing, you'll have life in His name. Believe in Him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk in the newness of Him every day. There's nothing better, guys. There's nothing better. And I just want to encourage you that if you haven't confessed Jesus Christ as Lord to do that today, and if you have done that but you have not been baptized in water, why? Why not? Because see, Paul, Peter goes on. It says, For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered, ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. If you haven't been baptized, let's talk today. If you're confessing for the first time, let's talk today. Let's talk. But let me just say this too. If you are having any struggles because the world is pouncing on you, the evil one is berating you, if you need prayers in any, any way, shape, or form, we are here for you. I'll be up here when we stand and sing here in just a minute. You can come forward and seek those prayers. But I want you to know that if you're confessing Jesus, you have 
God living in you to walk through those struggles. Let's recognize Him. Let's walk with Him. Father God, I thank You so much for all that You do. I thank You that it is You, God, that lives in us. It is, it is the Godhead as it's written in John. Yes, the Holy Spirit You sent come and represent You, God. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. And I pray that we don't snuff the Holy Spirit out, but we deny our flesh and pick up our cross and follow You and walk in that. And know that You are with us. God, I know we question sometimes, but I'm not new. I'm not the way You call me to be. Lord, when we, when we have those trials in our life, we can look on them and say, man, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for walking me through that so that I, I didn't live of the flesh. I, would, I didn't do the things my old self would have done, but I walked in the newness of you. You changed me. God, I pray that we recognize that and we, and we see it. And if we're, if we're not there, that we get there, that we, that we say it's in you, God, that I walk. What a blessing. Thank you for that. Thank you that it's in your name. God, I pray for anybody this morning that's struggling. I pray, I pray whatever they're struggling in, in, in the trial that they're in right now, Lord, that they can find joy in it because your joy is in them. And they will know that in you, it'll be okay. In you, they can conquer. In you, they can walk through that trial. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I just pray right now that if anybody needs prayer, anybody needs lifted up, that they just come forward now and, and do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and see.